Welcome to the In The Cut Fantasy Sports Podcast with your hosts, John Fish and Ryan Venancio. What is up, everybody? Welcome in to the very first episode of the In The Cut Fantasy Sports Podcast. This has been a, been a few weeks in the making here. Uh, I am John Fish. We got Ryan Venancio with me. Ryan, how are you tonight? I'm great, John. How are you? Excited to get this thing started. Yeah, man, absolutely. I'm, I'm, I'm pumped. Um, you know, before we get into, uh, you know, kind of, you know, why we wanted to get this pod going and, you know, kind of what we're going to talk about with the pod, I just kind of want to, uh, you know, briefly let our listeners know a little bit about each other, because um, I'm sure there's a lot of people that, you know, that maybe had followed me that didn't follow you and, and vice versa. So, you know, how did you uh, how did you get into fantasy sports? You know, uh, so it's funny. I was a kid um, in 2000, I believe the year before Bonds at 73. My dad and I like co-owned um, an ESPN team. And. We came in like, I don't remember what place we came in, but we didn't win. And then the next year we did it again and we took, we got the first pick and we got Bonds first overall. Or the year he hit 73 and we won the league. And I like, ESPN like sent us this shirt that said like league champions or whatever. I don't know. I thought it was cool. And, you know, I played baseball my entire life. So it was kind of just like a natural, once I stopped playing baseball, I got into fantasy baseball. Um, uh, You know, I'm just uh sports nut so it was easy easy transition for me yeah yeah i'm basically the same way i was uh always into sports when i was you know growing up and younger and um what actually i was fresh out of college and i moved to milwaukee and a friend of mine who i uh, had met in milwaukee he's from indiana um originally but we had worked together and he uh was playing fantasy basketball and fantasy baseball and i'm like well, you know kind of what is this you know i've played fantasy football and I played baseball in college, so I, you know, I, I knew a little bit about baseball. We would just do the kind of like a, you know, like a, a random fantasy baseball draft that nobody paid attention to all year. So, yeah, he was into it, so I started to get into it a little bit, and uh, you know, it was back in my single days, so I was able to you know, get home from work and get right in the right in the chat room and, uh, you know, talk a little trash, whatever. But uh, yeah, that that's well, that's kind of how I got into it. You know, so we're basically the same, right? You know, like just into sports and just eventually transitioned into fantasy. We like being, you know, managers. Like we we think we can do better than the real GMs out there. But of course. So yeah, did you yeah. start? Did you start with NFBC? No, I started on uh, Yahoo and CBS. CB, okay. Yahoo. I did Yahoo when I was um, for like football and stuff like that, and um, baseball on the like I said on the kind of on the on the bus with the college uh you know college baseball team that I played on but it was CBS was like my first kind of money league and yeah it was it was great it was it was a lot of fun um yeah I didn't get into NFBC I didn't really hear about it honestly until uh on XM uh radio listening to the Rotowire guys Jeff Erickson and Chris List and they were always promoting and talking about it I'm like well what's this you know and as I was getting a little bit older, you know, I was making a little bit more money. It's like, oh, okay, yeah, sure. I like to gamble too. I like the sports bet. So sure, why not throw a little extra money into some fantasy sports? So that's kind of how I I the transition into the, the NFBC and stuff. I think my first main event was 2017. So, you know, while I am 
considered a veteran. Like there's a lot of people out there who have played a lot longer than I have. So I'm still learning the ways um, in the NFBC world and, and the same with basketball. But yeah, so, you know, just kind of briefly, you know, I want to discuss real quick, like kind of how we got into the podcast, um, how we, how we start up this podcast. So the, I really want to do a fantasy basketball podcast and there's just the fantasy basketball podcasts that are out there are not really, they don't really pertain to the NFBKC uh, ruling, the rules there. They mostly talk about Yahoo and like head to head and like nine category leagues, whereas NFBKC is Roto, you know, eight category leagues. So there's really nothing out there that kind of, you know, talks about, you know, the NFBKC format. So that's kind of why I was interested in getting into it. And obviously I play a lot of baseball and I know you played a lot of baseball. And then, you know, I found out that you played a lot of basketball too. So I was like, Oh, you know what? Let's see if, uh, see if Ryan wants to start up a podcast. So that's kind of, you know, my thoughts behind it. And, you know, I'm really looking forward to being able to talk basketball and baseball. We're going to do, I think mostly, you know, draft strategy and player analysis, you know, kind of the usual, the usual talking points of, uh, you know, for basketball and baseball, but it's definitely going to be, you know, obviously we're talking about the, the NFC site. So those rules basically. So we're not going to be talking really too much nine category or head to head for basketball. It's going to be mostly eight category Roto same for baseball. Um, I know you're really good with with prospects and dynasty stuff, and we could we can uh, obviously answer some questions from people and stuff. But I think we'll mostly go with just how it relates to the NFBC. So, you have any extra any any other other thoughts you want to throw on top of that? No, no, you basically um the nail on the head on a lot of that. Um, last year was my first year playing NFC, like. Um, at all, really. I only played one basketball league, but it's so much different. Um, of course, without turnovers and the eligibility um, and the fab and all that. So it's uh, it's cool that we're just going to do like an NFC centric pod because it's um, it's a unique beast. Yeah, absolutely. And another thing is I'm not sure how much else is out there for um, platforms that have an overall competition opponent to it. And I think that's something with with basketball. I know for sure that uh, there's there's nothing that talks about you know the strategy behind an overall, as opposed to just uh, standard league. Um, yeah, so I think uh, you know what we're going to get into tonight is is the early draft champions draft that Rob DiPietro, our friend, uh, decided to get to put on, and uh, you know. I, I'm I'm not surprised that myself and you and Waxman are in there, but I was kind of surprised to see a lot of other people because, you know, this is for uh, we're drafted for 2023, and we did the first seven rounds, and it's uh, <laughs> it's it's quite a bit early, um, even for me to be honest with you. Like I I like to draft pretty much all season, but I usually start in, at the end of October or November. But here we are, middle of August, and uh, doing a doing a quick seven rounds of a draft championship <laughs> for the 2023 20, season. It's crazy. It's insane. Um, when did we draft that you and I did? Um, I believe Waxman set it up last year. Um, the first yeah. draft of the season. I, was it the first we started? Yeah, it was. It was uh, yeah, it was, it was October. I'm pretty sure. Um, that, yeah, we did it on fan tracks. 
I, I, yeah. Honestly, I don't even know if fan tracks open for next season already. I don't even know. It might even be too soon for that. But yeah, yeah, it, was, yeah, it is. Is it? Okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's uh we're a little bit insane, but you know, it is what it is. It's, uh, but to your to your previous point, I was surprised Jenny Butler was in this. I was surprised Jake was in it. Um, just because I've seen them say before they're so against drafting early. And then they did it anyway, which is cool because, you know, you want to – it's just for fun. It's $150 league, but it, we're just having fun. Like, no one's – we're trying to win the overall, but it's going to be really hard to do drafting this early. So it's yeah. really just – you know, we're just, having, we're just having fun. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, anytime you do a draft, is fun. We could be drafted for the 2025 season. It'd be, it'd be a lot of fun. So – um, yeah. yeah, let's talk a little bit about your team, though. You were drafted from the 12 spot, and uh, you know you went with Freddie Freeman. Talk to me a little bit about Freddie Freeman. Was that a, was that somebody you were targeting there, or um, were you sniped by anybody, or you know what was your what was your thought process behind that? So I wanted Harper the whole time. I really didn't think about. I know in the chat we had talked about um, in this league chat we talked about how Harper was going to start off Utah lonely, and that he has a chance. Well. There's a likely chance he gets uh, Tommy John in the offseason. Though for a hitter, I'm not sure. I'm not sure the healing process is like so long that he would he's going to miss part of 2023. But that really didn't um, cross my mind. Obviously, it should have, but I, I you know I just didn't think about it. Um, so I wanted Harper, and then it was basically just a toss up between Freeman and Vlad. I know you ended up going Vlad, but I, Vlad definitely has the higher ceiling. I just went with Freeman for the average base and the 10 stolen bases he gives you. Yeah, he's he's stealing uh, you know, a decent amount this year, which is awesome. You know, you always expect like six, seven, but yeah, he's up in the, I think he's up in the double digits now, right? Or is he close I think to he it? has ten. I think he has ten already, yeah. 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 No, that's a that's a solid pick. You know you're gonna get an elite batting average. He's hitting in one of the best lineups in all of baseball. So you know the counting stats are gonna be there. You know, he doesn't probably have the power upside as somebody like Vlad, but you know, you're getting everything else. So it's it's a rock solid pick. I, I have no no qualms about that. Uh round two, you went with Raphael Devers. Uh, you know, this is kind of a debate going into this the season we're currently in, uh, between Devers and Machado. I know uh I know you and I actually had discussed that before. And um, yeah, I I uh, Talk to me about that. Uh, Devers over Machado. Was Machado a consideration? Or were you looking pitcher there? Uh, what was what was your thought process there? It was the same thing. I was up, I was debating between Devers and Machado. And um not that Machado's amazing and he does give you the chip and steals like Freeman does. I just think Devers that De- I think Vlad and Freeman could put up similar seasons. I think Devers is a whole tier above Machado as a hitter. Um I almost think Devers has Vlad upside as a bat just at third base. He's just such a monster. I think he has over a 300 average this year with 25 homers. It's he, He's incredible. Um, and, again, I just wanted to go – I have another safe batting average guy um, that I know is going to play every day, hit 30 homers. And that was basically the thought process, getting two monster batting average guys to start the draft. Yeah, I mean, yeah. 
it, it's tough to looking at the at the draft board. It's tough to find a start that has uh, better hitting than you do, right? With the with the with the prime four category bats, you know, you don't have a ton of speed yet, but you know, it is it is what it is. It's tough to, and I'll get into my team a little bit, but it's tough to get speed down here when you're drafting at the back end in the first couple of rounds, unless you take Bobby Witt. Um, which I was sniped on, which I'll get into in a little bit, and I'm still not happy about it. But, uh, yeah, so, I mean, you got Freeman, you got Devers, you got your corner infielders locked up, tons tons of counting stats. Yeah, like you said, elite batting average. It's looking uh, it's looking really solid. We go into round three. You go with Kevin Gossman with Justin Verlander on the board. Your thoughts yeah. on that? Yeah, so um... – one thing I'm going to try to do better this year than I did last year is you don't pay for last year's stats. And um, as good as Verlander is, I can't draft a 40-year-old starter banking on him having a, a sub two and a half ERA again. Um, not that I think it's impossible. I just uh, – I'll take the guy that's eight years younger. That's strikeout to walk rate is just as good. Um yeah, Kevin Golson was the top arm on my board, so uh, ended up going with him. Yeah, I think Justin Verlander is actually going to be a fade for me as well in this upcoming season. But I was still pretty surprised to see him fall this far. Um, I thought a lot more people would be on him, and maybe maybe that's where I'm going to be wrong. But I, we'll see, right? I mean, if he's especially if we get closer to, to March next year, if he's if he's doing well in spring, he's going to shoot way up. But uh, yeah, that's um, I, he's going to be somebody that's probably he's just doesn't really bring me a whole lot of interest where uh, where I think he's going to go. Yeah. So Jenny had said because um, I, I said on the pod on Rob's pod, I, I just can't take a 40 year old starter. And she was like, oh, you know, I took Scherzer. Scherzer's three years younger than Verlander. Like, that's how old Verlander is. Yeah, I, like I've actually one. I've talked with Waxwood about this. I said I would take Scherzer over Verlander. Um, and this was a few weeks ago where, um, it was just in like in a group chat. I mean, Scherzer is still, has got, he's has such an elite K rate still and Verlander's K's while they're, they're not quite to what the level they used to be. If I remember correctly. No, they're way down. Yeah. They're way lower than, yeah. they, than they have been. And that could be just a product that, you know, it's his first time pitching in a couple of years, but yeah, I mean, I mean, he's been obviously fantastic and I was completely wrong to fade him you know this this season but uh i'm gonna be, the gonna be doing the same thing yeah i'm gonna be doing yeah. the same thing next year so so your fourth round pick uh you go with the middle infielder marcus semian of texas uh this was a guy that i was actually considered at the three four round and i and i passed and i'll get into a little bit why i did with my team later but uh talk to me about marcus semian uh you know he kind of started off slow this year but he's been he's been really really good his his stolen bases kept him afloat in that first you know month or two but the power has definitely come around now. I think he's settling in Texas uh, nicely. Yeah, uh, he was the top player on my board. He's just such a stud. I know he's hitting like 235 right now, but I believe since the start of May or the middle of May, he's hitting like around 260, and that's probably what I'd expect more of him going forward. Um, but, I mean, 18 homers and 19 steals. Uh, and it's crazy. He has – there's about what 40 games left, right? He has yep. five, he has 540 plate appearances already. Yeah, so, they're definitely going to add up. And you know, even in that, even in a, a, a 
somewhat poor Texas lineup. That the top half of the Texas lineup is actually pretty solid. So you know, no, I think his good. runs are still yeah, his runs are still going to be there. Uh, it's it's really nice to see him running a lot. That's mm-hmm. that's fantastic because he, he knew his power was going to take a little bit of a dip. You know, after that crazy season he had last year. But he's still going to be a decent source and 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 power and and with the, with the running, it's uh, you know makes him a good home run stolen base combo guy. Yeah. So now, oh, go so ahead. real quick, since May first, Homer seventeen steals, two fifty average, in May, June, July, in about four and a half months. It's pretty pretty monster season. So he really just had a terrible April, and since then yeah. he's been like a player. Yeah, that's that start to the season. Uh, you know, he's going to put a damper on his it is overall season stats. But you know, in the fourth round, yeah. that's that's that again. This is why I was considering him at that three four turn too. Yeah. Now here's your, your next pick is uh, I was shocked by it. Uh, <laughs> so we're in round five. Uh, you take Felix Bautista, who's obviously been phenomenal. Are, are you got, seeing him as a full time? Yeah, he's he's been awesome since the since the trade deadline with. You know, with Jorge Lopez moving over to, to Minnesota. Do you think Felix Bautista is going to be the full-time closer next year? And, you know, you took him over Kenley, which is obviously one of the more proven closers in our game. So talk to me a little bit about that. So, yeah, I took Felix over Kenley because uh, skills-wise, Bautista's – Bautista might not be the next class A, but he's that type of, like, relief pitcher. So – I think the Orioles were comfortable moving Jorge Lopez because they had Bautista. You know, they obviously want to compete next year because they're already good. So I, I, I also don't know who they would add in free agency. I, I can't really see them going out and giving Kenley Jansen $20 million. So I don't, I don't really know who they'd add in free agency that would take the role over Bautista. So that just made me comfortable taking him. And again, the skills back up the pick. I think he was the most talented reliever on the board and he has the job. Yeah, that, no, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, you know, this is the round where a lot of the, you know, the closes that have kind of come out, out of nowhere this season. Uh, Devin Williams also in this round, Ryan Helsley. So it's, you know, it makes sense with like, where the, where those other guys were going. Mm-hmm. Any concerned about if Felix Bautista is the next one to get traded at the deadline? You only get four months out of him instead of six. That's possible. He is older, I believe. Um, check real quick. I think he is in his mid twenties. He's not like the super. Yeah, he is twenty seven, so he's not like the super young stud. But they have him for six more years, so I would be surprised if they did. But that's no, a fair point. Going Jan- Jansen's definitely the safe pick. I just. And that's how you should play in a DC. And, you know, we'll go into it later. But when you play the early rounds in a DC, you want just nice, safe players you can rely on all season. Right. But uh, Bautista's skills are so rock solid to me. I was comfortable with the pick. Yeah. You know, the thing with, with, with a lot of these closes that went early is, you know, like we're saying, this is a DC. It's a draft champion. It's a draft and hold 50 rounds. And we'll be playing out the rest of it in, in November. But there's no pickups, so you know you kind of have to, you know, the closers get pushed up a little bit. If you know, if you think they have the job, it makes tons of sense to to grab closers early. Yeah, if I didn't get Bautista there, and let's say I didn't take Jansen, and I tried to go on the sixth turn, and whom David Bednar, who Slack took, I like, but he could be a guy that gets traded. 
Um, and then Iglesias, there's no, you know, guarantee that the Braves don't re-sign Jansen. Right. So if I, I feel like I needed to take a closer there because the other pick, like, I, I didn't feel comfortable about having an opening day closer after Bautista and Jansen. Yeah, no, no, makes makes a ton of sense. I wonder, like, you know, let's say, let's say Kenley signs back with the Dodgers. You know, he's going to shoot up at least two rounds, right? I mean, he's going in the fifth right now. He's going to be a third round pick if he's yeah, probably, probably flip flop him and Hater after Hater's after the way Hater's been pitching. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, so let's go to round six. Round six, you take one of the biggest prospects in baseball um, over the last few years. Wander Franco, talk to me about that. So the thought process behind that was in April, Wander was stealing bases. Um, I believe he had four home runs and four steals in the first like month and a half of the season. And he had an injury to his leg. He tried to play through it. He wasn't good. Eventually went on the IL, but he stopped stealing bases after that. So if you look at his total numbers, his 250 plate appearances and only see five steals, you're like, oh, well, you know, in a full season, that's what, 10 steals? But if you really look at it, before he got hurt, um, I'm, I'm pulling up his numbers here, he had he had all of those steals. Uh, he had four of those steals um, right in the beginning of May. And then the last, I don't know, two months that he played, he only stole one base um, because he was dealing with that leg injury. And Wander is such a freak of a hitter. Like, he's a legit 320, 15-20 homer bat that if he can give me 10 to 15 steals, I think this guy's like a second, third round player um, if he's obviously able to stay healthy. But that was the uh, thought process behind that pick. Yeah, you know, round six is is a phenomenal value. I know a lot of people don't like to talk about that word, but where he was going this season and, you know, seeing, like you said, that he was running early on before he got hurt. Yeah. If he's going to give you double-digit steals, I think, yeah, I, I, I completely agree. You you pair his elite average, you know, what we think it could be with Freddie and, you know, Devers, and you got yourself a, a really, really strong trio of batting average uh to, to really boost the rest of your draft where you can kind of take some chances on some guys. And yeah. So that was, that was my overall strategy is uh, I know and this, again, this is my first year doing DCs. Last year was my first year doing DCs and I didn't do very well. Um, and one thing I noticed, I was weak in batting average on a lot of teams. And I went through the draft. I drafted with a lot of good players. I drafted with you a few times. I drafted with Weimer a few times. And I went back and I looked at the teams doing well in their drafts. And I noticed that batting average uh, is like not pushed up, but it's high. It's more high, highly regarded just because it's so hard to get a high average bat that contributes in other places. Um, so I, I really wanted to get those three anchors that can all hit 300 and contribute around the board. Yeah, absolutely. It, it, it's tough to find a, uh, another team in this, in this draft through, six rounds and actually through seven that has, has, uh, you know, a, a better offensive base than yours. Round seven, you take Eloy Jimenez to round out your, 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 the first seven drafts or first seven <laughs> rounds, excuse me, of the, 
the earliest DC that's ever been <laughs> ever been played in the history of fantasy baseball. Uh, but yeah, you rounded out with Elo Jimenez, another monster power bat, uh, another guy with with no speed, and you're kind of in the same boat as me, where we're going to be you know kind of chasing some steals here going forward. But uh, yeah, Todd, uh, let us know what your thought process was with, was with Eli. Again, he's another guy that's going to have a solid 270, 280 average that can, you know, it is an overall. Again, so this was more of an overall play. And I was kind of, I was trying to think of who could be next year's Aaron Judge. Like, who could be next year's guy that is probably taking two to three rounds later than he should that get is only a discount because he gets hurt? And I feel like Elo Jimenez came to my mind first. Like, if this guy's still healthy, I know it's a big if, but I feel like it was a decent gamble in the seventh round. He's a 270-35 homer bat. Um, so that, that was the thought process behind that. I have a rock-solid offense, and now what I have to do in the next couple of rounds is grab speed and pitching. So, And I saw yeah. enough targets on the board, like enough speed targets on the board, that I felt comfortable a non-speed bat. Yeah, you got your you got your whole infield, you know, filled up with Freddie Freeman at first, Devers at third, you got Marcus Semien at second, Wander at short, you got uh Eloy in, in as your as your first outfielder, and you got you know, you got a starting pitcher and a, and a closer. So it, it's tough to it's tough to get more than what you got in the first seven rounds of a draft, right? So I think this is a I think it's a really solid start and it's gonna be you're gonna be uh, in competition with me about who can who can grab some stolen bases here in the next few rounds so we don't fall too far behind. And of course, we're drafting next to each other to make it even better. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you're at you're at team twelve, pick twelve, and I'm at pick fifteen. So um, at pick at pick fifteen, I was pretty surprised you started. Not that it was a bad pick at all, that you started cease over Sandy Alcantara. I know why you did it, but why you took Cease over Alcantara. Yeah, I just want my ace to have a lot of start uh excuse me, a lot of a lot of strikeouts, right? And I think Cease is just gonna get, continue to get better. Uh he's pitching for a good team. I mean we've we've seen the we've seen the breakout a little bit last year and we're seeing it again this year. And I think he's gonna be a full blown star. I think he's a Cy Young contender for the next few years. The tons of strikeouts. He's pitching for a good team, even though they, you know they kind of struggled a little bit this year. But they're still going to be good next year. They got an elite bullpen. They have an elite, you know, batting batting lineup. They should be able to score a lot of runs for him. I think wins are going to be plentiful for him. Obviously, tons of strikeouts, and he's and he's showing now what he can do with the ERA. Now, I'm a little bit concerned about the WHIP because he does walk a lot of guys. And I don't like my pitchers that walk a lot of guys, but when you miss as many bats as he does, it kind of offsets that a little bit. So yeah, I, I was he he was a stone cold lock for me to take right there, and it was my first pick. Um, yeah, I mean he's a potential two hundred and fifty strikeout arm. So I mean I don't right. I, I don't think there's anything wrong with the pick. Um, and he is the so Cole was the first pitcher off the board. Then it was Burns. Then it was Cease. You were taking Burns if he fell to you overseas. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I I, I have Burns as my FB one, so that was yeah, another same. pick I, I was debating at twelve. But um, no, you can't go wrong with Cease. Uh, in the first round, I know people are gonna be like, "Oh wow, 
you took seats over Erlander and Wheeler and Woodruff and all these other and Scherzer, but I, I think it's a good pick. Yeah, absolutely. And you and, know, I I, th- I paired him with, with Vlad, which uh, I mean. It completely goes against my draft strategy. I like to get my stolen bases early. I like to get my aces early, right? So I got my ace. But our good friend, Zach Waxman, decided to go ahead and snipe me on Bobby Witt <laughs> at pick 14. And I was I was dead set on Witt and Cease at the turn, like no question. But, you know, if you look at it, and I'm not sure how often I'm going to set 15 as my first preference in my KDS because this was miserable. Because once Bobby Witt goes, you look at all the next hitters that go, None of them really steal bases, right? Vlad, Jordan, Devers. Yeah, I was going to ask, were you, a little bit. were you debating at all Luis Robert? No, not at all. I, is the guy yeah, ever I, healthy? I mean, he's just uh, – it's one one thing after another, and I'm just – I'm just, I, I'm, I'm going to be out on Robert if he's going in the, in the first couple of rounds. I can tell you that right now. No, I uh, I wasn't surprised he went in the second round, but, um, again, we'll get to it later, but – I think you made the right pick. You took the best hitter on the board. And even though he doesn't steal bases, he's a, again, like we talked about average being so important. He's a 300, 310 hitter that could hit 45 homers easily. Mm -hmm. And there was some debate in, you know, one of my, one of my chats, uh, DM chats online on Twitter about Jordan versus uh, Vlad Jr. And they're very similar. They're both elite four category bats, but I, if, if I'm deciding between, you know, two elite four category bats that don't that don't run. I'm not I'm not going to take an outfielder because I rely on my outfielders to kind of provide some speed, right? I don't rely on my first base to for speed. So that's why I locked in Vlad Jr. over Jordan. Sure, Jordan could easily have a, a better season than than Vlad Jr. next year. He is this year. But I think they're so similar. I'm just gonna take the first baseman over the outfielder every time in that situation. No, they are similar enough. And again, you don't you don't pay for last year's stats. Look what Vlad, Vlad was much better than Jordan the season before. So right. uh, they could easily be the same player. You're just getting Vlad at a, more of a position of need. Um, so the next two picks, you went pitcher-pitcher. So now you have three pitchers in four picks, Freed and Liam Hendricks. Just go deeper on those picks. Yeah, so – I was uh, I was really sh- uh, shocked on this one. I, I, I was 50-50 on Waxman taking Wit bef- uh, to snipe me right there at pick 14, but I did not expect him to take Jose Altuve at pick three, or I'm sorry, round three. And I knew I knew right away I was taking Liam Hendricks. Um, you just in the in the draft champions format, you got to get your you got to get at least one sure closer early, and so I knew for sure I was taking Liam Hendricks. Uh, Max Freed is somebody I was debating between him and your guy, Marcus Semyon. And I, I'm not super, super high on Max Freed, but I think he pairs so well with Dylan Cease that I, I want to, I want to get that pairing done. I think Max Freed is going to always have, uh, elite ratios for the next couple seasons. Now his K's aren't quite as high as you would like, you know, a starting pitcher with the third round pick, but when you pair that with Cease, who is an elite strikeout pitcher, I think that pairing is fantastic. I think you're gonna get elite ratios, tons of wins. Again, he pitches for Freed pitches for Atlanta, so he's elite offense. He's gonna have an elite bullpen. So I think I, I love that Cease Max Freed combo right there. And then, like I said, Liam Hendricks was a no-brainer for me. I can't believe he fell fell to the fourth. 
Um, I was hoping you didn't take him. I probably would have taken him uh, where I took Simeon. Um, because after that, like Presley and Hader, well, Hader Hader's a different animal, but Presley, I feel like is like a tier below Hendricks. I, I'm not really sure why Hendricks fell so far. I, I get taking um, what did Jordan Romano go go went ahead of him? Yeah, um, yeah, in class A. I get it because Romano. I think Romano has more saves than Hendricks this year, and Romano's having a hell of a season. But Hendricks was going at what the second round this year, sometimes in the first. Yeah. Yep. And I and he I got off to a little he, bit of a rough start, but you know, he, yeah, he's but been I, solid. Other than that, I don't think he did anything to deserve dropping. I don't no. Know. Yeah, I agree. I, I think I it's agree. a steal in the fourth round. Yeah, that's why I was, you know, he was a no-brainer for me. It just came down to Max Freed versus uh, Marcus Semyon for me, really. Yeah, and like you said, Freed's a perfect pairing with Cease. Freed's a great ratio, and especially the whip. Cease has a little bit higher of a whip. Freed has an elite whip. I think it's under one. Um, yeah. But it's great to pair those two guys together because Freed doesn't get the strikeout. Cease makes up for it. Um, and then in the fifth, fifth and sixth, I didn't think you would take these players. It kind of threw me off. Not that they aren't great. It just didn't seem like picks you would make. In the it's fifth, you not. took. In the fifth, you took George Springer. Uh, walk me through that one. Uh, this is probably my one regret pick. I mean, not really a regret. It just he's he's another year older. I like the fact that he's running a little bit more this year, but I'm not sure if that will will continue again next year. Uh, once again, sniped by Waxman. He took Mike Trout, which was insane. I, like I am not. I've I've faded Trout for the last couple of years just because of all the injury issues and one thing after another with him. But end of the fifth round, I was like, all right, I, this, I would take a shot on Trout here. But uh, yeah, so Trout goes, and I just didn't like a lot of the players on the board. I thought maybe Dansby Swanson, but I'm like, man, this is like. This is a career year, and I don't like to take guys off career years. And I don't, I don't think yep. the stolen bases are going to carry over for Swanson for next year. Maybe they will. I could be wrong there. Um, but I love Springer, and I just he's he's going to hit in that elite lineup. He's going to hit right at the top. The, the little injury concerns do do bother me with the pick, but I just didn't see a lot of other bats right there that I liked. Uh, so yeah, and I needed an outfielder. I didn't have an outfielder yet, so I just thought that'd be a good time to take Springer right there. Uh, no, I mean it's a it's a great pick. Um, he does get hurt a lot, but so you you were no doubt taking Trout there. Yeah, yeah, it was it would be no 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 question about. It. I think that's going to be the latest we see him go in pretty much all the draft season, unless he gets hurt in you know the off season or something. Yeah, it just scares me that like I don't know, it's just like. Not that it's just like a normal – it's not a normal back injury. It's that he's just going to have to deal with it and his career making it seem like he's not going to, like, be the same player. I know it's crazy to have Trout fall to the fifth when he's currently healthy. Well, healthy. He's not, like, fully healthy, but he's healthy enough to play. I just couldn't pull the trigger on him. I don't know. It it might be a horrible decision, but it sounded a lot worse than – then they're making it out to be, and I don't know if I can rely on Trout to play 110. It it does sound bad. Um, the fact that he's back playing though gives me, you know, they're 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 kind of out of it. So why would they why would they push it if he really wasn't, you know, healthy enough to play? So he's back playing, and 
yeah, I, I think he's going to be, I mean, obviously, he's, like I said, he's, I faded him the last couple of years and just so many injuries one after another. But I mean, he was, I was fading him because he was going in the, you know, the second round, end of the first round. I'm like, it's just, there's no way he's not going to run anymore. So, it, you know, yeah. kind of, you know, that's just one thing shot. And then all the injury concerns just, yeah. So I, I've, I've always faded him in the, in the first, second round, but I think at the end of the fifth round and, like I said, I think this is going to be the latest we see him go, barring an offseason injury in all of the draft champions season. I'd be surprised if he goes any later than this. I, I was actually, I was shocked that it he was still in the It could be his max. It really could be. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely could be. Um, so, yeah, I mean, so he goes. So that's why, you know, that's why I took Springer. I just didn't like a lot of the other options on the board. Uh, not that I don't like him. I just like Andre Semenez. Like, I, I like the player. It's just it's just crazy to me that all of a sudden he's a six round pick, right? And yeah, uh, you took Wander, which which is fine. And, and like, and obviously he's got a lot of upside. And, and maybe I could have went that route as well, but I just want to lock in an outfielder there. And he does give you some speed. It's um, it's hard to find a, a that good of a bat that gives you at least a little bit of speed. Because Seager's a zero. Um, Swanson's not nearly as good of a hitter. Again, you're, he's coming off a career year. Bogarts doesn't give you much speed. Reynolds doesn't give you much speed. Polanco doesn't give you much speed. So it really wasn't. The only other – I thought you were going to take Edmund with one of these picks. That's the route I thought you were going to go because you had no speed. So I thought for sure Edmund was going to be there for me at the end <laughs> of the round seven. I thought people were, like, completely down on him. So I'm like, all right. I don't need to jump him up then where he was going, you know, coming into this year where I was taking him. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to pass on him there. Cause I think I can get him at the end of the seventh. And yeah, obviously he did not make it to us. Uh, our good buddy, Jason DuPont, which we're going to have to have a talk with him and our, our late <laughs> night Friday night calls. Cause I couldn't believe it. Then of course he gives me, you know, gives me shit that, <laughs> that I let him have him. I, like, I couldn't believe he took him. I, I was shocked. So. I didn't think yeah. anyone was going to take him either. Uh, I don't think he'd get drafted in the seven rounds unless you took him with the last pick, obviously. Yeah, and and that's you know that's part of the reason why I took Springer. I'm like I don't need to get stolen bases here because I think I can get Edmund at the end of the seventh, and yeah, it didn't it didn't work out. So, <laughs> so then you go Carlos Rodon, which I thought was a fantastic pick. Even though again he's a little injury prone, he's by far the best pitcher available. It's not even close. Uh, so again, you go into yeah. it a little bit if you want about Rodon taking there in the sixth. Yeah, I mean this is a pick. Even though I have two starting pitchers and I have a closer that gets a lot of strikeouts, this is just adding to the strength. Right I, at this point, I know that I have a weakness in stolen bases, and I'm not going to try to reach to try to make up for that. So I'm just going to continue to add to my strength and make this a strength of my team. I want to lead like by taking him. I'm, I'm basically pushing the chips in that I'm going to try to, you know, win the ratios category and I'm going to try to win the strikeouts category. Rodon is somebody that I faded again this past season because I was just so concerned about the injuries, why the White Sox just let him go without a qualifying offer. It doesn't make any sense, right? No, so I'm like, all right, no he's got to have some kind of an issue. And I've been wrong all this season. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to grab my first share here because First pick around six for a guy that's been as good as he's been this year. I, I'm gonna take that. I'm gonna roll that dice every single time because even as my SP three, 
if he gets hurt, I still have Cease and Freed, right? So it's kind of a try to put me over the top in, in those pitching categories. And I, uh, when I was on the James Anderson's pod and we were talking about a review of the draft, you know, we talked about where we thought certain players would go. I thought Rodon would be a third rounder. So I yeah. couldn't, like, once I took, my plan was to pound bats. So I didn't really have Rodon on my board after I took Gosman, but I just saw him falling and falling and falling. I was like, wow, how did, and then you're getting him in the sixth round, is, even though it's the first pick in the sixth. It's just awesome value. And yeah, then, the upside's upside's just way too much to pass up right there. Absolutely. And he's made 22 starts the last two seasons. If he gets you 22 starts, you'd be thrilled. Yep, absolutely. Um, in the seventh round, five catchers went off the board. Um, I think that's my one sole regret. I was debating MJ Melendez where I took Eloy. And I didn't do it because I didn't think either of you were going to take him. And it turns out you both wanted him. <laughs> oh, yeah. So. So, yeah, shocker. Waxman snipes me again. But I thought for sure you were going to take MJ Melendez. You'd be in the Royals homer you are. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think you guys were going to take him. I really didn't. I, I mean, um, I think he's a I think he's a 30 home run bat playing at the catcher position. Like, there's just not that many of those. And he's and he playing play, almost he every, every day. day. It's yeah. crazy. Yeah. So there's just there's just not many catches that accrue that many plate appearances that with that kind of a power with that, you know, that kind of power. So yeah, I was definitely all about MJ Melendez, but as usual in the first uh in the odd number <laughs> rounds here, Waxman takes him right before me. This is another one I was completely shocked on. I did not expect him to take MJ Melendez right there, but he did. So <laughs> I went uh I went with it, I went with a, another catcher. Um Tyler Stevenson, I don't have any shares of him this year, but I, he basically has proven me wrong outside of the injury that that he that he got. But yeah, I think he's a he's another one that's going to play a, a lot more than your average catcher. And you start two catchers in these in these uh, NFBC leagues, so it's it's a it's you don't want to punt catcher completely because you're just going to waste two of your 14 hitter slots, right? So. I want I want to get at least one solid catcher that can contribute pretty much across the board, and he can. He's in a hitter's park, and yeah, I, I thought he was having a fantastic season until uh, I think he, what he do broke his broke his collarbone, I believe. Yeah, he got hit. He got hit with a foul ball in the collarbone and broke like just horrible luck. Yeah, yeah. So I I really really like that pick um, right there at the end of the seventh. Were you debating between two catchers, or it was Stevenson all the way once Melendez went? Uh, it was Stevenson all the way once Melendez went. Who do you? Th- wait, who, who's the other catcher you're thinking of? Um, there was no one in particular. Uh, I was thinking Cal Raleigh, even though he's not going to get taken this high, he'll probably go in a. Few, he'll probably go in the next couple rounds. Um, Kyle oh, okay. Ruiz. So you were asking if I was like dead set on taking a catcher. Yeah, yeah. Like if there was okay. another catcher you were thinking about. Um, yeah, no, no. It was yeah, after it was Stevenson. Basically... There's there's probably a pretty big drop off after Stevenson. You might you might have gotten like the last really good catcher. Yeah, I was I was hoping that Dalton Varsha would make it to me just because I don't have a lot of speed on this uh, on this roster. So I was hoping maybe make up for a little bit there with with the catcher, but um, you know Steve Weimer took him, who's obviously one of the better players in in the draft champions format so 
if he's on him, that means I need to be on him going forward, basically. Yeah, in the seventh <laughs> round, he get, you get a far show discount, even though he's been great this year. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, so, he um, just it's a great pick by Weimer. Yeah, I guess the only other catcher I could think of is Sean Murphy, who I may need okay. to take once we start back up. That might be my first pick in the uh, in the eighth round because catcher gets ugly quick. Yeah, yeah, it's it's you know catcher is always a position that I used to kind of wait on, and then like it would be I'd wait, and then all of a sudden I'd have you know a subpar season, and then the next season I'd take him a little early, and I would you know do better. And then the next season, I'd be like, okay, I can wait again. And then it just, it seems for whatever reason, like all of my teams um, over the last like five years, if they do well, they have decent hitting catchers. And if they do poorly, I have poor, poor catchers. And it's not the only reason, obviously good or bad, but it just, for whatever reason, that's how it's always worked out for me. So having two good catchers is a huge advantage, huge, because it's the replacement level. Like you're never gonna find a decent catcher on the waiver wire in a 15 team league, even though this right. is a DC. Same ideas. You're never gonna find the decent catcher like past I don't know, like round 30. Yeah, I, Cal yeah, Raleigh's the only one I could think of that went really late this year that you could start every week. Yeah, and people point to that like, oh, you can get you know this guy later. It's like, yeah. Not really. Only yeah, one team out of 15 teams got him. So, yeah, you know, the odds are not in your favor. And there's 30 starting catchers. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I, I really wanted to lock in um, a good catcher there. And I'm happy to get I just want to get something out of uh, my catchers, I, whether it's batting average, whether it's power. I just want to get something out of them. And I know I'm going to get a good batting average out of Stevenson. He's going to play a lot. So his counting stats should be you know, better than, than most catchers out there. So I know he doesn't have the most power in the world, but you know, I got Vlad and I got Springer as my first two hitters. So the power I'm not overly concerned about at this point of the draft, but yeah, that I just want another batting average boost and, you know, we'll see, uh, we'll see how things shake out going forward in November. Now, do you want to just go over the draft board? Um, We can just talk about, you know, some picks you liked, some picks you didn't like. Yeah, we can. Yeah, we can do that. Let's okay. start with you. Do you have anything in mind? Um, so any, I love picks that you like. I love Dan Kenyon, who was awesome. He was so great in the uh, in the Zoom call on Rob's pod. Really funny mm-hmm. guy. He just had like a, a zinger every now and then, like crapping on someone's pick. But um, <laughs> he took Julio Rodriguez fourth overall, which some people might think is a little too high, but. Uh, You'll see him debate, go first overall in a lot of leagues, I bet. For sure. I guess the debate would be Acuna or Julio Rodriguez. That's probably going to be like I, – I, I would think the first three picks are going to be J-Rod, Acuna, Trey Turner in most leagues. Um, and, I, you know, Julio's a great pick. Even though he's he's only 21 years old, he, he's – he came back from injury and he's still hitting. He's a five category like monster. Again, I don't know if I could take him over Acuna, but I really liked him going in the top four because he definitely deserves it. Yeah, for him, for him starting with three hitters too. He he put together a really nice pitching staff. He you know he started Julio Rodriguez, Austin Riley, and Francisco Lindor, which is fantastic. He got pretty much every single hitting category covered. 
Yep. And then he he still was able to get Joe Musgrove, Alec Manoa, Logan Webb, and Tyler Glasnow, which was a uh, surprise. Um, Tyler Glasnow, that's that's a great pick because he should be back pretty much full strength next year, and we, we've seen what he can do. So I think he was able to recover very nicely after starting with three hitters and and really loading up on that pitching. Yeah, for sure. Like I, I wasn't even thinking about taking Glasnow, but it's a great pick. Um, another one that surprised me. I know Bubba said he'd regret it immediately, but I was surprised Cole went so early. Um, I was expecting him and Burns to basically be flip flop. Like I thought Burns would get taken fifth, Cole would go into the first. Yeah, the, uh, this is. I, I don't mind the Cole pick at all, um, but looking at how this draft board shook out, like he could have had Brandon Woodruff, Zach Wheeler, Julio Urias in the second round. Mm-hmm. And I expected all those pitchers to actually go a little bit earlier. Um, and they didn't, I thought I figured those pitchers would all go like early to mid second and they didn't. So, you know, he could have gotten one of those pitchers with an Acuna who he passed on, but obviously, you know, we just, with no ADP, like nobody knows yeah. how anybody's going to draft. You just don't know what's going to fall to you. So I'll bet you looking back, Bubba probably wish it, wishes that he maybe went with a Kuna and I don't want to put words into his mouth, but um, yeah, I, I don't mind the Cole pick though. We know how good Cole is. He's a horse, right? And he's, he's reliable. You know, you're going to be, going to be pitching on a, an elite, elite team. So wins, strikeouts should have elite ratios. I have no, no issue at all with the pick. Now there are very few 200 inning pitchers that, and, he, and he's going to give you around 250 strikeouts. He's it, it's still a great pick. It's just uh, crazy seeing how many bats went in the first round. Um, yeah. What about Bryce Harper? I know we touched on it already, but would be scared of taking Harper in the first two rounds? No, I don't think so. Unless because he's going to miss because of the potential surgery. Because we're drafting so early, right? We don't know if he's going to get surgery or not, and he's also going to have you. He's going to be util only for at least the first two weeks. But if he DHs for two months, it, you could be he could be clogging your util for two months. Yeah, I just think he's such an elite hitter. I mean, if he's if he's not scheduled to miss any time, I have no issue taking him in the first couple of rounds. I have, I actually don't have any issue with taking him right there in the first round. No, I don't have issue either. I was just curious what your thoughts were because I would definitely take him in the first round as well. Um, again, yeah. that's who I wanted at twelve. Yeah, I didn't. I, you know, like most of us, we we didn't think about the fact that he didn't play enough games at outfield this season, so he's not going to be eligible there to begin next season. So yeah, if he does get the surgery and he is unable to play the outfield for, like you said, a couple months, then yeah, it could be it, it's a utility only, and it, it's something. It's a good thing we're only seven rounds in because now everybody knows that, right? And yeah. you know he can he can plan his the rest of his draft going forward. Maybe he needs to carry an extra outfielder, or maybe True. attack the outfield a little sooner. Um, but yeah, that's I, I have no issue taking him there. He's he's such an elite hitter. It's it's insane. Now, what do you think about Degrom? He went in the middle of the second round. Mager took Aaron Judge, Jacob Degrom, and Pete Alonso. Tons of power with the best pitcher in baseball. But DeGrom to me is still not someone I can rely on to make, you know, close to a full season's worth of starts. 
and how we just talked about Carlos Rodon as an elite pitcher. You got him in the sixth round. The Mager's taking DeGrom in the second round. Is that something you would do? Uh, it's not something I would do, but I mean, it's, I, we know how good DeGrom is, right? Like when he pitches, you just know that he's not, there's literally a 0% chance that he gets rocked. And he's no, he's the, best pitch, he's the best pitcher in the world. Yeah, it, it's absolutely insane. So I, I mean, kind of like this year, like I faded DeGrom this year. Um, I don't know. I, it, it's, it's so early. Like, like he's yeah. back pitching right now and he appears like he's fine. If he's fine, that's the steal of the, the entire draft season, right? What if he what if he starts 25 games next year? I mean he's his one he should be one one. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Like the, the upside is just so insane. Um and obviously there's downside with the injury, with the injury concerns. So yeah, I, I mean it's not something I would do, but I, I get it. I I definitely do. And yeah, to pair him with with Judge and uh Pete Alonzo. I mean, that's just an absurd amount of power with with the best pitcher. No, it was a great start. And then, of course, he gets his speed with Cedric Mullins, the pick after that. Um, yeah. Any other picks stand out to you? I'm kind of looking I'm looking through the closers. I think I think Class A is going to go earlier. Once drafts start up, I can't mm-hmm. see him going in the third regularly. That's definitely not going to happen. Um, I would see him either going right next to Diaz or even before him. Yep, absolutely. Um, just because he's an absolute elite, elite arm. Yeah, those and guys then, are um, both phenomenal. I'm trying to look at any other picks. That, oh, um, Michael, Michael Harris. Mike, I really like what he's been doing. And, you know, I took a 21-year-old in Wander Franco a couple rounds after who isn't – not that Michael Harris proven. Wander was great last year. But I don't know if I can get on board taking Michael Harris this early. Like, I know the skills are there, but still, he's a 21-year-old. Uh, pitchers can, like, find out his flaws. He can he's, – he's not going to get demoted next year, but he could certainly not be as good as he was this year once, like, he gets figured out. Um Again, there's a chance that doesn't happen, but I I can't take a 21 year old like that early. Yeah, it, I mean, this is, again, this is like somebody who's not really a guy like this is really not in consideration for me because I just don't know the prospects very well. And this is kind of you know why I think you and I could have an absolutely phenomenal baseball podcast is you are you do know those like you know prospects very well. Like, I don't, you know, it's just not my forte and. Um, it's just, I don't have him anywhere this year. I didn't even know who he was to be honest with you before this season. So <laughs> it's just somebody like, he's just completely off my radar as a in the middle of August for drafting for 2023. So it's just somebody that's, uh, somebody that I didn't have any consideration of when I was taking them. And he went, you know, third pick of round four, which is, uh, it's pretty aggressive. So, yeah, I mean, it, it could be a phenomenal pick and I'll, and I'll look into it more in the off season and, and maybe he'll move up the boards and maybe not. I mean, he does give you the, the power speed combo, right? And that's so valuable in, in fantasy baseball. So and it depends on where he's going to hit in the lineup, right? I mean, if Swanson, I think he's a free agent. So if he leaves, you know, does Harris slot into the, does he move up or is he going to continue to hit? I think he's hitting ninth. So I mean, yeah. that's a huge, it's a huge difference if he's going to continue to hit ninth. So yeah, we'll see. We'll see what he can, uh, we'll see how things shake out and, 
in the offseason. Yeah, I mean, his his zone contact rate is good. Great for a 21-year-old. Um, the K to walk isn't great. But again, he has 12 homers, 15 steals in almost half a season. That's phenomenal. That's a 24 yep. and 30 player in a full season. It's just the one concern is that, you know, he he's played 43 games at double A, zero games at triple A. There's just like, there's nothing really to go back on. The skills are there. So I'm totally fine with him going like in the first couple rounds. It would just be, again, I'm not saying it's a bad pick. I, I just couldn't do it. Um, just because you're, I, I wouldn't put him in the Bobby Witt, Julio Rodriguez, like caliber of prospect. Um, and even though he's going three rounds later, I, I don't know that early. Yeah, no, I I, I agree 100%. Uh, a couple picks that I thought were um, not bad picks, but interesting. Uh, Trevor Story, first pick around three, going at 31, coming off a of, a down season, but if you look at it, it's really just the batting average, right? I mean, his power and speed were both there. The counting stats were there. We know DuPont's a homer, so of course he was going to take his guy. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but uh, no, I mean, everything was there except for the batting average. And if that batting average can just get up to like 250, 260, I mean, you're looking at a, a, an elite power speed bat with tons of counting stats in that Boston offense. So, and we saw was- Arenado. Last year, Arenado – uh, I believe last year was his first year in St. Louis. Yeah. And he wasn't like fully Arenado. And now this year he's back to like beast Arenado. So we could mm-hmm. see that with Trevor Story. Maybe it takes him a year to get used to not playing in cores anymore. And then he just has a freaking monster season next year. So even though it seems early, I, I really didn't hate the pick at all. Yeah. And it's the move from the NL to the AL too, right? So he's seen a lot of pitchers that he hasn't seen before. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's just a whole new surrounding, right? He's moving from the West to the East and the, the new league and just, you know, a lot of things going on. And, yeah, I think he could settle in there nicely. And I believe he's going to have second base eligibility next year. But I think he could get shortstop if Bogarts doesn't – Bogarts is a free agent, right? Bogarts is a free agent, so it would make sense to just slot story right over to shortstop and then they yeah. either sign a second baseman, you know, or keep like Christian Arroyo in there or something, or Kike Hernandez. They have a few guys they can put there. Yeah, so yeah, you could grab that, that, that dual sense. eligibility. So yeah, that mm-hmm. that would be that'd be another you know positive thing for him. Uh, but yeah, the pick right after that was also interesting. Uh, Bo Bichette, second pick of round three, and he's obviously having a down year this year. But we've seen what he can do. Um, the stolen bases are a little bit concerning with Boba Shet just because he, his, his percentage, he's getting caught a lot. Mm-hmm. So that, that I, I just don't know how much he's going to run. I don't think we can rely on 20 stolen bases anymore, but I think you'd still get 10, 15 stolen bases. And, you know, obviously he's hitting in that elite, elite lineup. So, but yeah, I just thought that was interesting. Second pick around three after going, you know, five, six overall, basically this year. And yeah, it's crazy. that was an interesting. Yeah, he, yeah, he was a top six pick or so last year, and he's definitely not having as good of a season. Um, but he might end up with 23, 24 homers, 10, 11 steals, and really the only thing different from 21 to 22 is the steals. Um, so if he improves on the percentage, he could be like, you know, 90% of the player he was in 2021. So I, I, I like to pick a lot. I was hoping he'd fall to me in the third. I thought I thought he would fall a little further, 
but no, great pick by Weimer. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, it's always interesting, right? There's no ADP. We're just, we're all together on a, on a zoom call and just doing a quick draft and nobody knows where anybody's going to go and how things are going to shake out. And so, yeah, it's always interesting to see the first board essentially for the, the for the next season. Anybody no, you're targeting? Uh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Anybody you're targeting in uh, with the first couple picks here in rounds eight and nine? Obviously, we both need speed. So I know. Starting pitching. I would think you're going to go hitter because you have three starters <laughs> and a closer already. You never so, know. You never know. You never know. Um, I got a couple reg- guys in mind. I'll be honest. My one, my one regret pick was Eloy in the seventh. I think I should have taken Chris Sale. Um, okay. So that'll be the guy I take if you Waxman and Ryan don't take Chris Sale. I'm pretty dead set on taking Sale there. Um, I know he's had like. A couple freak it. He like broke his wrist on a bike. He broke his finger getting hit by a comebacker. And he had yeah. like a rib injury at the beginning. Just crazy season. But yeah. he is he's a second, third, fourth round pitcher when he's healthy. He's not gonna be the elite guy he used to be, but he's still gonna be very good. And um having Gaussman as my two SPs with that offense that I have, I would be thrilled if I could get sale in the eighth. Yeah, yeah, that'd be solid. Um, the guy that I'm looking at here with because I'll have the first pick in round eight when we start back up in November. Um, the the one pitcher that I was maybe thinking about if I continue to go heavy pitcher is uh Tristan McKenzie. I was actually really surprised that he did not get taken in the first seven rounds here. Yeah, he had a 14 strikeout game the other day. I was like, holy crap. And they showed the replay is his curveball and slider like are nasty. Um, I guess I just haven't watched a lot of them, but I didn't know he was having that good of a season. I have zero shares this year. I, yeah, I, I don't have I any either. I didn't know he was having that good of a year. It's almost like I'm starting to get like buyer's remorse in this draft because, <laughs> I mean, Vlad Jr., I have zero shares of. Max Freed in this draft, I have zero shares of this year. Uh, Rodone, I have zero shares of this year. So, like, <laughs> I wonder if I'm just trying to make up my, for my mistakes from, from this current season. Same with Tyler Stevenson. I don't have any shares of Tyler Stevenson either. So, yeah, it's uh, it, it was a really fun and interesting draft. I'm, I'm really curious to see how it all plays out. I'm obviously going to have to attack speed at some point. I'm also thinking about Alex Bregman here in the first pick around eight. I don't have a third baseman. I could use one, but... Yeah, I just I don't know what I don't know what we're gonna do about uh, the speed on this team, man. Like I'm not used to this, right? Adelise like, Garcia is right there for you. He's asking you to pick him. <laughs> yeah, another guy I missed out again this year, but uh, yeah, I, mean, I just don't know, man. Like I I'm so used to like taking speed early that I don't ever have to worry about it in these middle rounds. But now I'm looking at it, I'm like, uh oh, starting to get behind this, you know, behind the eight ball here. The speeds so I got to catch up a little bit. Uh, but yeah, it was it was a really fun, fun and interesting draft. And thank you f- to Rob for putting this on and inviting us on. It was absolutely a blast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm huge. Looking forward to, you know, looking forward to the to finishing out and getting into draft season again. Yeah, huge shout out to Rob for having us on, and it, it was so much fun. And I can't wait because everyone wants to do that again, draft like live together. 
So I can't wait to just do it again because it's going to be awesome. We're going to get together yeah. again in uh, November. I'd imagine like right when the playoffs, uh, when's the world series around, I guess it ends it ends. In, like first week of November, I think. Yes. Yeah, so. NFBC usually opens up like right after the world series ends, like the day after two days after. So I'm always, always, I'm just basically always cheering for a sweep in the world series. Cause the quicker the world <laughs> series is over, the quicker I get into the draft room. So <laughs> yeah, but yeah, it was good, man. It was so awesome. Um, you know, just, not not only drafting, but just being in the in the Zoom call with everybody and you know having a good time and yeah, I'm looking forward to finishing it out. No, same. I I can't wait. I already have. I'm already like working on my sheet slowly, like a couple minutes every day, putting up like updating stats and my rankings for next season, getting ready for the first draft. Because once we yeah. get once we hit November, it's like. I'm going to be getting into a draft once that draft is over in another draft. And that's just yeah. the whole off season. <laughs> yep. It's the official <laughs> draft season, especially in Wisconsin, man. I mean, it gets, it gets cold up here and snowy and there's just not a whole lot, you know, that I could, that I can go do. I, I have three kids. so I can't go like partying all the time. And I'm like, yeah, good time as any to get in another draft. So something, something special about drafting when it's, you know, a foot of snow on the ground outside and more snow on the way. That's when the Friday night stream, uh, the Friday night zooms are the best. Those are going to be nothing to do. Those are going to be fantastic. And I'll never forget this. uh, I don't even remember what month it was, but we're all sitting in the, in the Friday night zoom call. And we all decided about three in the morning to hop into the next draft champions and fill it up and started right away at like eight, eight in the morning, my time or something. And, <laughs> oh yeah, the people in the draft were like, "What the hell happened?" How did eight people join at four a.m.? Yeah. Let's oh, just pile into the draft room. Yeah, it was great. Oh man! All right. Well, any other thoughts here on the on the draft board? Um, I think we touched on everything. Um, yeah, I thought it was. I mean. I thought everyone did a good job. I don't see like any teams I think that are weak. Um, obviously we're in a great room with a bunch of players that are better than me. So I can't, I'm not going to shit on anyone's team, but honestly, I didn't, I didn't think anyone did a poor job. Everyone has a solid start and um, excited to play it out. Yeah, I agree. I didn't see any, any weak spots here in the draft and um, yeah, it's uh, I mean, honestly, we're only seven rounds in, right? So we should we should like everybody's teams, right? I mean, it's uh, yeah. it's a lot of the best players, and um, you know, it'll just be interesting to see people fill needs as the as the draft goes along. Like I said, like I need speed, you need a little speed, you need you know maybe you know some starting pitching. So yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to see how things play out, and, and uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to getting into more of the more of the draft season. No, I can't wait. And um, most likely, our next by the time our next episode uh, is re- we're recording our next episode, basketball ADP will be out. So most likely, our next episode is just going to be on uh, NFBKC ADP and going over you know any values we see and all of that. Yeah, yeah, it was good to get a, a, an initial baseball pod in. I know a lot of our followers on Twitter, and you know, a lot of people are asking about 
about baseball and interested in baseball. So it was nice to get a baseball pot out. But yeah, I think our next couple, uh, next few episodes probably be about basketball and we'll, we'll go into some ADP with basketball and review some drafts and talk a little bit about what we like with the, with, on the basketball side of things. And, you know, there's been some chatter about maybe doing another seven rounds of this uh, current NFBC draft champions draft baseball draft. So if we do do another seven rounds, we could hop on and, and record and, uh, you know, go over those next seven rounds as well. So, yeah. Anything else before we get out of here? No, oh, I would love to do that before the playoffs start. That would be fantastic. Yeah. Like right, Like right after the playoffs start, we start these seven more rounds. That would be beautiful. Yeah, we got a little uh, a little preview of draft season, and now everybody wants more. Shocker! Oh. So <laughs> no, I can't I can't wait. Yeah, not nah, good stuff. But yeah, anyways, um, yeah, I don't have anything else. So if that's all we got. Uh, we can we can get out of here and get people on with their day. Cool. Thanks everybody for tuning in, and we will see you again shortly. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the In The Cut Fantasy Sports Podcast. Ryan and I really appreciate the support. Give us a follow on Twitter. I am at Pile of Dial. Ryan is at Ven underscore Armbarn. In the words of the great Nipsey Hussle, never let a hard time humble us. Peace.